Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Nicole calling from Hamilton, and I needed to let everyone know that I really proudly support Vish and Creative Control. I have for many years, I will for many more, as long as he keeps delivering these amazing interview podcasts. When you hear one of Vish's interviews, you think he's known this guest for years, they're good friends, uh, but the truth is he approaches every interview, whether it's sort of up-and-coming indie artists or established icons or like famous intimidating comedians with Uh, a really deep, genuine curiosity, so he's never met this person, and the same really warm uh, candor, as though he's known them forever. I think it really lends to a great chat, no matter who he's talking to, and for that reason, I think you should throw Vish, like what, a dollar a month? He's got jokes. The jokes make it worth it. Support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little bit. Eric San is a world-renowned turntablist, author, multi-instrumentalist, producer, illustrator, composer, and DJ based in Montreal, Quebec. Best known as Kid Koala, San has established himself as one of the most ambitious and innovative musicians and performers in the world, often creating truly original stage productions and multimedia works centered around his unique music. His latest such project is called Creatures of the Late Afternoon, which spawns a related series of four EPs, but is also a double LP whose gatefold album art becomes an interactive board game and will eventually include an elaborate live show, among other related ventures. While the EPs are rolling out as I speak, 
The album version of Creatures of the Late Afternoon is available worldwide on April 14th, 2023. And in the next while, Kid Koala is hitting the road with his collaborator, Leilani. As such, Eric and I reconnected recently for an in-depth talk about this fascinating new album and the board game's band-oriented and music-business-related concept, why he decided to deliver the record in such an interactive manner, his unique way of harvesting samples and pressing records from music that he writes, performs, and records himself, how being a beat-juggling DJ works exactly and what scratching actually does to vinyl, how he met and began working with Leilani and what their tour together will be like, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which is the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into this podcast. Thank you for supporting the show uh, at uh, patreon.com slash creative control. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in both Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and very friendly employees who will happily help you find the things you're looking for. Say you want to order the new uh, Kid Koala album, Creatures of the Late Afternoon. Well, you just head over there to blackbird.ca and you type in Kid Koala, Creatures of the Late Afternoon in the search box, and lo and behold, it should be uh, available for them to order in for you and you can pick it up or wherever you live in the world and maybe maybe they'll ship it to you. I don't know they're a full shipping policies, but you know what I'm saying. So blackbird.ca for more information. Plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 750 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Kid Koala with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm well, thanks for asking. Uh, where in the world are you today? In Montreal, snowy Montreal. Oh, you think you've got snow? I'm in Edmonton. There's so much snow, it's bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything ready go- to tour in the snow. Yes, why yeah. are you doing this, first of all? Let's get right to that. I was going to ask you about Montreal, but I think we got to cut to the chase. You have organized yourself a winter tour uh, partially, mostly in Canada, I think, at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, we have a couple dates in the States, but mainly yeah. in Canada. Yeah. Why winter touring? You're a seasoned vet. Most seasoned vets would be like, this is not the season to be yeah. uh, extensively um, you know, touring. It, I, think, <laughs> I think what happened just looking at, at the schedule for the year, realized that there was this, this window around the release uh, and rollout of Creatures of the late yeah. afternoon, which is my forthcoming yes. album slash board game, that there was this little window where we where Leilani schedule and, and my schedule were open so we could actually, you know, throw a couple parties together. And so it's in conjunction with EP three right. of a four EP set. This is the EP three actually features the song that she's on on the album and so i said oh yeah that's right around the time our song together actually drops so let's just get out and throw a few parties 
Yeah. So the song in yeah. question is Things Are Gonna Change, I believe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah. And my son today, as it was playing during breakfast, said, is this from Powerpuff Girls? Is it power or powder? <laughs> I don't even know. She is, she is absolutely, you know, th- she does really bring that energy to uh, the track. Absolutely. In fact, when I, when I first heard uh, her vocals, I was introduced to her work through a, a mutual friend, David Cho. Mm-hmm who's an artist uh, in, in Los Angeles. Uh, she's done some music for his show, his his Hulu show. And uh, so I just started digging into the stuff she was working on. I was really excited about all of her output, including her animation, including her solo electronic vocal stuff. But yeah. also she has this, one person band that she started called the Pez Heads, which is her surf punk alter ego. And I was super into that stuff also. And I just totally dug her vibe. So I, I, I reached out to her and I said, Hey, do you want to, you want to come shout on this track? And she was into it. So it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, yeah, she's, uh, seems to be drawn to, uh, animated performance style and animated aesthetic generally. Um, and, uh, you know, my daughter has become familiar with you because she got herself recently a little koala suit. Oh, wow. Uh, and I said, Stay oh, you warm. look like, yeah, I said, you look like Kid <laughs> Koala. She's like, who? You know, she's only eight. And I was talking about you today at breakfast. So we've been listening to the record quite a lot. Oh, my God. The number of times I've had to rewind Robo Hotel 1 on your album. Oh, okay. Just constantly. Uh, by the way, so I, I shouldn't misspeak. I, uh, as you know... Eric, uh, mm-hmm. we've known each other a long time. I am mm-hmm. very special. I'm a special guy, and I get things in advance. I'm just kidding. I'm not special, mm-hmm. but I, it's I have. True. You're. T- I, I want to get to this before I go too much further. The the notion that it's EPs, but a record is coming out in April, and ultimately the EPs are chunks of the album. Let's get to that first of all. Is that correct? Okay, so each EP, they're kind of a limited edition set. And so each EP features two songs from the album, uh, some uh, instrumental version of an, uh, another album track that is not on the album, and then bonus scratch sounds and ah. bonus board game okay. sounds on those EPs that are that won't be on the the double vinyl. Oh, so I'm not special. I thought I was special. I was going to say no. You are. You are because you are actually <laughs> the first person I've spoken to that I think has heard the whole album. Oh. Wow. Okay. So I've heard the whole thing and we love it. I love it. The family You've loves heard, it. You've heard like all 20 tracks of Creatures. All 20 tracks have been right. blasting in the house and in the right. minivan uh, when we go driving because it, it, is, it has become a, re- a special request. Yes. Can we hear the Kid Koala album? I say yes. You know. <laughs> oh, wow. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. No, Glad they like it. The, the, the kids, the kids like it in the house and I, I love it as well. But Glad these EPs, th- these EPs you're describing, are they digital only at this point? They're vinyl only, actually. Oh, they're vinyl only. Okay, so yes. I, I see. Okay, I did not yes. know that. So, All right. So there, I I will send you a set. They are four seven inch EPs, and back in the day when people would release twelve inch singles and stuff prior right. to the album, this is our mini version of that. So we're doing four seven inch. Uh, limited edition EPs. Wow. And then the double album board game, which opens up the gatefold jacket opens into the board game. Also yeah. 
has all the inserts for I think over 150 game cards so you could play that game that release also has board game tracks so you could just play the game with just the double album version but if you have these EPs you just have more music and more board game tracks that you can throw into the mix if you choose to do that that's amazing and obviously first of all I thank you for your generosity obviously we would love to listen to those yeah. here in the house so thank you for the offer but also thank you for gen- your generosity as a as a musician it's that's that's very cool that you've done this and it's a it's a big event um so mm. i want to get into uh the concept of creatures of the late afternoon because mm-hmm. um but i also want to be careful not to distract sometimes when you do stuff like this eric i think you probably know this um mm-hmm. the concept can distract people from the music oh it's a board game I'm just going to talk about yeah, the board. Actually, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it'll be it's like a oh. bit, it's a bit sleight of hand. Is it? Like it's a board game. I'm supposed to listen to this while playing the board game. It's like no, the album itself actually stands alone as as a double album, actually a 20 track album. And the board game tracks are bonus tracks that are actually after a locked groove on each side. Yes. So if you were to drop the needle at the beginning of a side on the album, you'll just play that side, you know, the whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's a double album, so it'd be five tracks, four or five tracks per side, and then it'll hit a lock groove, and then at which point you can play another side of the record or yeah. what have you. But when you're in, quote, board game mode, it does have these bonus uh, board game tracks, extra bands that have been cut close to the center sticker of each side. Huh. that you can use for specific moments in the game. And they kind of act like um, timers, you know, uh, say in Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have your yeah. Jeopardy theme. So it's that type of thing, only way funkier. So this is in the – so basically, <laughs> the, the, the if you're playing the board game, the run-out groove is the most essential part, ostensibly, for the board There's game. There's a couple grooves at the end couple of, of grooves. So one is, is called um, dig, their dig timers, and that's a little 90-second beat that I that I set up. So it's a track that's a timer for a certain point in the game. Okay. Um, are we going to get into the board game? We could, yeah, we could. No, I, um, I want to totally get into the whole concept okay. because and, it's very ambitious. I know you're an ambitious guy. You like fun things. Right. You do fun stuff. Uh, those of us yeah. who know you, but this is... This is, you know, another level, I yeah. think. Yeah. So just adding a level of interactivity or a different way to interface with vinyl, with a vinyl album, not just letting it play. And by that, I mean, obviously, if you're a scratch DJ, you just start scratching stuff, yeah. which everyone's welcome to do also. Yeah. But I think um, for people that just want to play the game, what it does add is this, you know, musical element to certain moments in the game. Um to provide a little more uh, energy or tension. Yeah. So, for instance, the other band, which does end in the lock groove at the end, is a staring contest tone. Yeah. And that's just this very eerie little, you know, 30-second cut that then hits a lock groove so it can just play indefinitely depending on how long or how good you are at staring. So there's certain moments in the game where you might land on a space like staring contest. You have to challenge somebody to the staring contest and then you can win their cards if you actually beat them in the staring contest. But I thought it would be funny Mm -hmm. to have like a musical underscore to that moment in the game. And similarly to the timer, there's a sort of primordial soup in the middle of the game board and there's a bunch of 
memory cards. Yeah. This is all stuff that's on the my backstage rider. And so you can so you're playing memory, meaning you're just trying to match pairs, you know that yes. game. Yes. Everyone's been playing yeah. that. So while that's happening, we needed to design something to just keep that part of the game uh time locked. So you have ninety seconds. So I had to make these ninety second kind of funky tracks to keep that energy and that intensity going. And and it's fun when people are playing it, you know, the beats are riding and you're frantically flipping over and trying to, you know, remember where all the cards are. And it gives it a little uh, juice in in that moment in the game. But the concept of the game is basically you're riding around the game board in a tour van and you're going to these apartment parties and you're meeting a plethora of musical instrument playing creatures. <laughs> and uh, the the object of the game is to kind of recruit or just sort of organize bands of creatures to write songs in multiple genres. Yeah. <laughs> so right. And it, for you to complete a song, you're, you're, you would need to go to enough parties and meet uh, a creature that plays bass a creature that plays drums and a creature that can do vocals yeah yeah and then you and then in other parts of the game you kind of land on a flea market for instance you would you would draw one of the flea market cards where you could discover a recording device or a musical instrument and so for you to complete a song you need a song genre you need uh three three creatures to, to perform the song. You need um, some studio time. You need uh, an instrument and a recording device. Right. And the, sh- the song genres are all like life experience cards. <laughs> so there's these kind of whammy style squares every now and then on the game board where say, I don't know, for example, flat tire on your touring van, you, you might lose uh an instrument or you might lose something, but you gain life experience. Mm, you know? right. <laughs> and so when you draw that card, it might be like heartbreak or it might be like dance song or it might be a workout track or something. And so it's, it's fun. Yeah. We've, we've, we've had a lot of fun just testing the game. <laughs> I was going to ask if anything in particular, like I, I don't imagine you've ever built a game from scratch before. Uh, no pun intended. Is that true? Yeah. You know, not not really to this extent. I think the pandemic was a perfect time to kind of brainstorm a bunch of ideas and 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 you know, yeah, have it iterated in different cards and different forms. So we we tested many versions of the game before finalizing on what, what ended up being in in there. But it was a fun process. Yeah. I think my my other game experience would have been yeah, video game Right, you know, creation with floor kids or something, but this is this is definitely something else. It was it, in terms of it being four players all at the same, up to four players at the same time, and and uh, just trying to balance that feeling. You know, you get into the game, stuff starts happening, you start meeting creatures. You know, there's the anticipation of almost finishing a song, but then all of a sudden you lose your studio time because something happens. You know, and then you have yeah. to yeah. find a way to get it back and. It's it's for laughs really, but it's fun and and uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to play it. Yeah. No, I can't wait to play it. Now, most people who play board games, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the activity is represented by cards or so, so something you collect, like you're talking about. But like, if you're playing uh, Monopoly, 
Uh, you don't mm. you don't then uh, really become a real estate agent. If you play Clue, you don't got to murder mm-hmm. someone. You just pretend. Well, you don't, you don't but kind of like this is an interesting this, <laughs> this is an interesting game because it involves uh, the idea of creating music and creating a band. Are there are there parts of the game where the participants must sing or or actually come up with a melody? Uh, to proceed, or is it simply the concept of all well, my card says we have to write a song, but we're going to just pretend to do it? Uh, do you know what I'm getting at? There? Yeah, no, the, you don't need to sing to play this game, but you do need to, yeah, assemble a band. In a way, it's almost like band management. But in a way, it's most... funny because I play. I, I played the game with musician friends and some moments they're like, wow, this is too real. You know, like <laughs> we have everything in place. We just can't find our bass player somehow. <laughs> it's just like, you know. So you made a, you made and, a kind uh, of music infrastructural game as it seems to me the music industry is in real trouble and people are trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, do you think there's... I'm not. I don't mean to be bleak about you it. There's a solution is here. Uh, <laughs> no, but I wonder. There's a few things going on with this because as musicians these days, I know you know this all too mm. well. And when I say these days, I want to say over the last 15 years, uh, it's mm. not. It hasn't been enough for a musician to make music. You have to know how to do multi-platform things, social media, uh, yeah. you know, live streams, video. Like it's not just enough that I made a record. You really gotta to pop. You have to do all these things. This could yeah. be an interesting addition to this if everyone starts coming up with different ways to get people to interact with their music beyond the music, if that makes any sense. Did that enter yeah. your mind? Like, I know you like cool ideas and concepts. Don't like, you know, good Lord. I've I, been to your yeah, shows I mean, and I, people I, are taking naps. I've been to your shows and people are doing uh, aerobics. Yeah. Like there's, there, the, you know, you, you have yeah. a knack for getting people to immerse themselves in the songs and the music you make beyond just passive listening so i appreciate yeah. that but do you think this is symptomatic of something going on in music culture right now like what you've done here i i wonder i think for me personally i, I always felt like context was was kind of important I, if i chose to well i'm i'm kind of very in, inspired by the weather i mean just quite simply yeah normally this time of year i would just be making ambient you know melancholic instrumental music yeah. <laughs> just because of the weather. And I'm just trying to channel that and enjoy that that's the, the tempo and the pace of, of the whole city at this time of year and just kind of lock into that and, and try to make some music inspired by that. Similarly, like once the snow starts melting, then, yeah, the drum machines come out to scratching and gets louder and faster and all this, you know, it's it's living in a city with four seasons is is fun for me. You know, it's stimulating. Yeah. That said, if I go play in Brazil with an ambient record (laughs) and, you know, people are standing on the dance floor holding their beers going, you know, when's he going to drop a beat? I don't want to make that awkward situation for people too much. Like, I'd rather design a show that says, hey, you know, this show's called Space Cadet. It was recorded on headphones when my daughter was just born. All these tracks were lullabies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so this idea of it being like, okay, so for you to understand that and actually like lock into where 
the context of, of why this music was made, I think it just makes it more enjoyable for people. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. So yeah. that they're not confused going like, I thought I was here to see this or that. It doesn't mean that that's the only style of music I'm going to keep doing for the rest of my career. In fact, like the seasons, I like to go back and revisit styles and tempos and, and, and genres of music. And I think with, with creatures, I don't know. I, creatures, we're going to add another thing into the mix, which is going to make it sound like, overly meta or something but creatures is also the score for a forthcoming uh stage production in the style of Newphony must fall and the story of il mosquito which we've been touring for the last 10 years so the third production will be creatures of the late afternoon and it is in short it, it the 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 genre if i may of that show will be an action film oh and so that's the reason why there's a lot of quite action sequence type tracks on the album, as well as, you know, sweet moments and sort of underlying love songs, story moments and things like that. It's all in there. Yeah. But that stuff won't might not be clear to people until they actually see the show in about whatever, three years or something. But but in the meantime, I do think like it just works Um Hopefully, as an album, or at least, like you said, something that you can drive around to with the family and like yeah. enjoy. It's interesting. I guess some of us maybe don't think of video games or board games as having narratives, but they kind of, mm. they kind of do. They have a beginning and an end usually, don't they? I never really think about it that yeah. way. Like you, you start the story with potentially nothing, and there's usually goals and objectives yeah. and adventures along the way. Like. You lose yeah. all your money on Boardwalk. I keep using Monopoly because that's the game I probably played the most as a. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so I feel like I, it's custom, like what you're talking about, it's probably really custom built to make a, a soundtrack for sort of a soundtrack connected to a board game, but will also lead mm-hmm. to, like you say, like an action film or a stage production. Yeah. In my head, now that you said it this way, it kind of all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and, and it, it feels like the pacing of it, I think, one, when I was designing the game, you know, and then testing it with my family and just trying to see, okay, wh- how long before one of these music tracks drops just on average? You yeah. know, I wanted to make sure that there was this sort of like moment of, you know, musical uh, beats coming in and sort of amping up the board game instead, even if it's just for 90 seconds during that time or like, when do we get that adrenaline bump in the board game, yeah. right? And so that, you know, adjusted the number of types of cards we had, like how many squares to pick up said card to go into that dig time mode where you drop that beat. You know, in a, in a way, it was just trying to balance it almost like you would, say, a DJ set or, or a band would write a set for music. The game itself, I think it's, it takes about an hour to play, maybe 70 oh, minutes wow. for a four-player game. And so it really just felt comfortable to me. It's like, okay, within that, I, I do want to go to different vibes and experiences but um actually just have fun with the format really it's all in the name of fun and to me i've got obviously thousands of records that i've just collected since i was a kid and i i love vinyl i love the artwork i love the sound i love scratching vinyl I love you know all that and i just wanted to see it's like oh is there another way we could or another way we can use this format and and bring it into this other experience so i having it underscore board game i thought was just a fun 
little twist on it, you know. And I, I guess it's kind of when we started doing satellite turntable orchestra, for instance, where it was a show where everybody in the audience is seated at a turntable station, and then we had all these like harmony tone records distributed there, and then certain stations would light up certain colors we could conduct you know this half of the room play the the third in the chord the other half play the the fifth and this you know and so it was all color coded so your turntable station would turn a color and you'd find the record that was that same color and drop the needle on it and in a way people were creating the music with me Hmm. during the show and i just like that as a concept but also in practice is like it, it is that some is greater than 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 the parts yeah situation where you you felt like oh everybody's contributing a little bit to the sound and together it's just a, a you know a choir of final harmonies happening or something and yeah. that idea i was just kind of like oh yeah this is different than oh we're gonna go see a dj and just dance to it or just watch them do their thing yeah, you know yeah. rather it's like oh we're gonna do something together uh involving your contribution to the music also and so i think yeah, I don't know. Just having fun with the format. I've always liked to package uh, records in a way that 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 have a more playful kind of angle on it, if I can. Absolutely, yeah. And I appreciate how much interaction uh, goes into everything you do. Frankly, like you, oh. you really are someone who tries to galvanize people and and get them involved in things, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. You said a few things there that I want to follow up on about your love of vinyl and scratching. Mm-hmm. I, I was reading about this record. And um, I want to get into this concept of self-sampling because I was looking mm-hmm. at the long list of instruments that you yourself played yeah. and then captured yourself and then pressed onto vinyl and then incorporated uh, into the making of this record. First of all, uh, how long have you been... a perfect way to spend a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't expect you to name every instrument necessarily right. and I don't have them all in front of me and I think it might be a little boring for people to hear us yeah. just read an yeah. inventory, but roughly how many instruments did you play on this record, first of all? Oh, I don't know, 50 maybe? 50, right. Okay. I mean, and if you're including some, some could be considered instruments, even like a, a, a string of of modular effects or, or guitar No, no, pedals. that all counts. No, yeah, absolutely. It could, could be that turned yeah. into like a little rhythmic motif, you know, but you're there, you know, trying to create the, the, the sounds to to then be your source material. Yeah. Instead of getting really specific, can you, in a sort of general categories, what kinds of instruments did you, like, I mean, obviously you please say like, well, I oh, played guitar. Yeah, I mean, there's bass, drums, guitar, piano. I mean, piano was my first instrument. Yeah. Um, then, you know, even within bass, there's, you know, upright bass. There was wind instruments, clarinet, saxophone, trumpet. I don't, you know, there was, a little bit of just about everything. I'm look, I and I will say this, I'm not I'm not like I'm not proficient at at many of those instruments. My first instrument was piano and then turntable like I started that when I was 4 and then piano uh, and then turntables was sort of when I was 12. Yeah. In grade school I joined band, I played clarinet. And then over the years, you know, um just from playing with bands and goofing around at rehearsals, I just started noodling around on, on, on guitars and, and basses and things like that. So it's, it's more just, yeah, just part of the palette. Right. Cause sometimes no, I mean, uh, you're grabbing sounds yeah. as much as you are playing, you know, sophisticated. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah. so some of the stuff, for instance, I would actually play the line on the Hammond organ and record it through the Leslie, but then I would cut that whole line onto the record. And yeah. then once it was on a record, I could kind of rephrase the line just by how I was pushing and pulling on the record and skipping notes and, and stuff like that. It, it gave me another opportunity to kind of remix, if you will, Yeah. That first line. So the first line might have been something that just fit chord instructor wise over that moment. But then once it was on vinyl and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, let's let's play around, and see what else we can squeeze out of it that that will surprise you. I think when you're working this way, for me, it's, it's always about trying to get that moment where it it lights you up a bit. You're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, or I didn't think, you know. Yeah. The point wasn't it for for it to sound like a band. The point was for it to sound like a bunch of DJs all playing together. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, like yeah. I, like I said earlier, my son's instinct when he heard your song with Leilani, um, things mm-hmm. are things are going to change. They assumed it was a sample, and that yeah. sparked me to say to my wife, "You know what, Eric actually did." And I and I told her what I just sort of conveyed to everyone just now that you mm-hmm. did a lot of this yourself, and then and, and I don't know if you got to this, but you actually have a, a lathe at home where you yes. cut the record. So my wife was like, really? He does that? I'm like, yeah. But and yeah. I, but I, what I was foggy on was how long you've been doing things this way. Have you been doing this this way a long time? Um, I think since two... I mean, I got the lathe probably in 2009-ish or okay. something. So I've been, I've been cutting my own vinyl. Not for every album, but, but, but at least for, you know, so even tools that I would use in shows or when I was playing in a band, I would cut a custom plate just so that I would have like sounds that I wanted to to be able to scratch. And so does that lead you to less um, external sampling? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I, you know, say this record, um, floor kids, you know, the music to draw to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So almost like close to zero, zero percent. Yeah. That's, I mean, and but the, the but, but <laughs> and it's not just like oh we're just trying to replace it. I actually genuinely just got more into the production side of things. Like for instance, say in the '90s, it would be like oh I want to find like the perfect snare drum and or something you know and stack like this snare drum with this tambourine with this hi hat with this kitchen pot being hit, kind of stack them to make like the ultimate snare drum (laughs) yeah yeah. and back then it was yeah you were digging for that on records and then now i've actually just gotten very much into the process of like okay well those those snare drums the the sounds of the snare drums from those say you know stacks motown records or something like that how did they get those sounds and just studying that even watching any footage or looking at old photographs of where the mics were placed, what kind of mics they were using, those types of things. It's just fun, you know? Absolutely, um, yeah. And so I got really deep into that. Yeah, like, it's it's basically my studio now is just this landfill of um, kind of half-working devices that, that still have a, a special tone to them. So yeah. often, I won't even recalibrate. Like, I might buy a keyboard that's... The oscillators are all kind of slightly out of tune, and I, I said, okay, before I get this tuned up back to factory spec i'm gonna just record a few things on it first and just see if it if 
those ghosts in the machine have something to say, you know, and I like doing that, which is which which I actually address in the board game. You know, <laughs> there are things like I think three string guitar or something like you could get at the flea market, but you can still make a song out of it if you if you have an idea and, and, and the feel. Right? So if you like something that you've cut and pressed, how many copies of it do you make when you're like, OK, yeah, I'm going to need this for the show. This is part of the production now. Right. Do you make multiple copies? No, just one, unless I'm deciding it's a, something that I need to beat juggle. Yeah, that's what I'm. That, which, yeah, which is basically like if you listen to the album, all the drums, like, you know, whether they were played drums, like I played the drums on a kit and then just took two bars of it and cut it to two copies of a record, so I can just kind of backspin them back and forth, just because I like the push and pull and all the pickup scratches you can do. You know, it's just yeah. old school hip-hop rules really you know yeah yeah. can i ask you a naive question Mm -hmm. well for those who don't know how it works uh you know for for record collectors uh a scratch on a record uh that uh impacts the playback is uh heartbreaking i sometimes i'm watching djs and i and you're (laughs) watching what they're doing and they're using their fingers and they're 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 you know they're manipulating the records The, the, the naive question that i've never thought to ever ask a dj is what is the wear and tear like on these records? I mean, they pretty I'm, bad. I mean, it depends yeah. on it depends on you know how heavy you have your needles weighted. And in in my case, when I'm playing, you know, live, and there's you're in a club with a lot of subwoofers everywhere, and the stage is rumbling, and so you pretty much need to put more weight on your needles and just make sure it stays in the groove. And so, if you're doing that and pulling the record back and forth over the same part of the record and eventually it does burn out but honestly i i actually like that sound too it's really weird it's kind of like <laughs> i don't know worn in jeans or something to me like i enjoy that but, but do records become un unusable um yeah i mean if you're if you're saying i mean not for me personally like to me it just it just adds like decades to something, you know, all of a sudden. No, 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 like, but I mean, to your show. It just like starts for, sounding for the, more like the Tom Waits gravelly version of whatever <laughs> you're scratching, and I love that, you know. It's just but would you, extra texture. Do you, how often do you have to replace uh, a key record in your show, stage show, or? Right. Oh, well, okay, so for instance, it, it, if it's a stage vinyl, I might actually cut what I need, like, for instance, back to the idea, it's like, oh, I, I played a, a Hammond organ line, it's like you know, a six note motif or something. And then it, yeah. I might cut that in succession onto my show vinyl, like four or five times or something. There you go. That's and what that'll I'm getting be at. Fa- that'll, yeah. that'll be, but I'm not cutting like a whole other record. I'm just, I mean, I'm fitting all that into like one millimeter on the, or, or two millimeters I on the vinyl. You know? see. Okay. Okay. Sorry. This, I hope that's not too naive a question. I'm sure there's people no, listening no, no, that no. wonder how these things work and I don't mean to get, to uh yeah how, how yeah to and it's records, funny because but. it's <laughs> it is something it's just a i don't know it's i've been using records for so long and it's still magic to me i understand the physics obviously but yeah. it's still magic in terms of how can all this sound you know whether it's a symphony or just like one note you know on a keyboard Whatever you're cutting about, how can it store all of that information just on one stereo needle, you know? Yeah. And I think it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I don't I don't sit like I'm not people always say, Oh, you're still you're still using vinyl like at your shows and like we don't really 
see, it's not because I'm some hyper purist about it. It's just I, I enjoy. <laughs> That's what I kind of was raised playing, you know, I don't know. Oh, what, do so, people assume you would be using more backing tracks at this point or something? Oh, no, no, no. But to, to say, like, skip to, like, a digital vinyl oh, interface, oh. which they have right. now also. Yeah. Right. You know? And there's something about, for me, I mean, just the, the the joy of just, like, well, maybe not lugging the records around. That's not, like, my favorite part. But in terms of just flipping through records and, like, memorizing, you know, just from the center sticker what that is and knowing, oh, that records, I have to remember these drop cues and these rotations on it. it it just became kind of second nature after years of but of of playing what a weird question because ostensibly those records in particular in your case based on what we were just talking about the self-sampling those are your mm. instruments i mean it would be weird for someone yeah. to be like you're still playing a, gu- a guitar on stage like <laughs> don't you know you don't have to do that no, like, I, look you can't be a dj and not like technology i love technology it's just one of those things where i, I guess if What's the mode that that's like the easiest for you to express yourself? And to me, it's always still just been like the analog yeah. side of it, the tactile side of it. You know, yeah. I've seen people use iPads that have like just literally scratching, doing yeah. a scratch motion on the glass, and it's actually very accurate. You right. Know? Right. And, and it's just like, oh wow, that's crazy how how tight in terms of the timing it is. You know, but if you were just to ask me, like, what's my my you know happy place it was just like ever since i was a kid it was just like i'll drop the needle on a record or maybe a, a new record i found at the flea market and just like go on this little adventure and see where yeah see, see what happens you no know? absolutely you 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 are an expert in your field i don't see why you would give it up just because of the way <laughs> technology is changing um the title or i'm a bit i'm a bit too much of a luddite to be like what you're saying i have to like change all these into mp3 files and then put them on a something drive or whatever again i i think um as you as we get older musicians will be like uh i'm just sick of lugging these amps up these stairs and these drums like it it does get to you physically like it's a really significant part of being a traveling musician is the physical rigor of the of the thing and i'm sure there's probably part of you that's like just talking about like carrying turntables to the gigs a lot of people like like to play on rentals and sometimes i have to do that also yeah um but obviously if it's a local gig i remember just carrying them you know and it was like my weights it's (laughs) part it's it's part of my upper body workout was like carrying my records and my turntables to the gig it's kind of part of the deal there like what i'm getting at is it's hard but there's something romantic about it too the tangible physical toll of of lugging your turntables to the stage and not i don't recall in my experience you rarely bring a sound person with you on the road is that right um it's a well some of these bigger productions we need oh of course right like strings and stuff and but sometimes if it's just me djing i can i can handle it you You just never know what you're gonna get i mean when i've toured or or done yeah. done promoted shows with um, electronic or more more electronic artists. I know that my regular sound people are like, "What?" Occasionally, they're like, "Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, I guess we just di everything. Like, how does this work?" And they, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I've been to hip hop members like, "Oh, yeah, can we scoop out a little bit five kilohertz and and, yeah. and take out some of the rumble?" Like, Why? It's because there's, there's actually going to be bass. <laughs> yeah, like there's that. What is happening right there's now? That, <laughs> you know what there's I mean? that challenge too. But I know you've, like I said earlier, you're a seasoned vet, so I'm sure you're kind of up for 
whoever you encounter uh, if you don't have your own You know, people. it's funny. Now when shows kind of like technically go sideways, it's almost like enjoying the fact that we're all there experiencing <laughs> together and be like, all right, we're going to sort this out together. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, that's what the sound checks are for. But yes, every everywhere you go, you know, the rubber stages and stuff like that. I, I'm like preemptively, I'm thinking about it right now because I know Leilani jumps around a lot. Yes. Yes. And she doesn't weigh that much, but she jumps. <laughs> you know, yeah. So I'm kind of like enough to skip a needle. So I'm, I'm thinking about that um, also yeah. knowing that, hey, it's not just going to be me up there. Uh, she'll be up there rocking with me. So yeah. what type of, you know, shock absorption technology can I bring <laughs> for that? Because I still want to do it, you know, all my scratches on, on that. You need those like scratch. stress mats that people put in their kitchens under every yeah. table. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that I've would help. I've tried all kinds of stuff. I'm I've sure you have. Yeah, memory foam and like insoles oh, for right. shoes and all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, they all have uh, they all have their benefits on. I'm yeah. still my turntable, uh, even though I, do, I don't need it in this house. It's still on hockey pucks from Great. my my Guelph house because the floor would shift and yeah. the needle would skip often. And I finally figured out the hockey pucks helped. So I still have these orange. Hockey pucks, because they're the yeah. heavier hockey pucks. They're the, um, I forget which version of hockey, like basically floor hockey pucks, I think are heavier yeah. than the, re- anyway, everyone's doing what they can to keep their records playing. And I'm sure you'll come up with something. <laughs> It'll be fine. I want to talk yeah. to you about this tour with Leilani and whatever you can tell us about, um, what I assume will be a more elaborate stage show, but, uh, for this record and for this concept. But before we get to that, I just want to, I, I feel like creatures of the late afternoon as a title is a riff on, Something. Can you talk a little bit about why that's yes. the name of the record? Uh, well, I just thought it sounded kind of interesting and fun. But I mean, you know, you have things like Creatures of the Black Lagoon and yeah, those types of things, like those old B movies that that I was very inspired by as 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 a child. Um, everything from the design, the DIY kind of like crappy practical effects that they would use in those films. Yeah, <laughs> always, you know really got my imagination going but creatures of the late afternoon is also within this the context of the show that that we're um currently developing and is is about a cast of creatures who all live in this one uh apartment block and let's just say this monolithic like technology company <laughs> comes in to uh-huh. the neighborhood sure and is like threatening their entire habitat and their you know their actual existence <laughs> so yeah. they kind of band together through music to try to save their their habitat and the idea of creatures of the late afternoon was almost like oh they're actually on the edge of extinction you know like if if a, if a day was like your life they're in the late afternoon, like this is the last chapter. Or it's like, and you're hearing this a lot. It's actually quite sad. <laughs> I watch a lot of nature shows with my daughter, and yeah. we'll be, we'll be, you know, watching and being, oh, look at this, this creature, it's so cute. And, and then, you know, within like a minute, they're like, unfortunately, you know, <laughs> they're the last seventeen of these or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, no. no. Yeah. And so it's it it was kind of like, I mean. Yeah, just kind of taking that all and how fragile everything is as far as biodiversity, humans included. Of course, <laughs> yeah. yes, we're... nothing like a pandemic to like bring that into clear focus. Yeah, so yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit of of, of that, but it's 
that's kind of a couple of things that inspired the title. So stereotypically, musicians are thought of as creatures of the night, but that also means they don't rise until potentially the late afternoon. So I wondered if it was a play on that as well. Yes, that is very true. And that would be that would be definitely um, at least, well, I mean, in my 20s, I would have described yeah. my, my circadian rhythm. Yeah, getting up at 3, well. getting at, waking up at 3 p.m. or 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m. That's not unusual for a touring yeah, musician. After- yeah. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I I still don't usually keep anything that I record before midnight. Oh, and so I, even if I'm working in the studio all day, a lot of it it might just be more like practicing or just like writing stuff. Yeah. But the recorded takes something that happens, you know, in those after hours when you're it, it gets a little drifty, you know what I mean? Oh, and I mean, it just works, keep, you know? Yeah. And so because of that, I'm, I'm just prone to like often ever since I was a teenager, like, Oh, the sun just came up, you know, how long have I been working in the studio and just, just being lost in that, that time and space, you know? So yeah, the idea of like, Oh, my actual alert, like office hours might not start till the afternoon. Got, my manager actually knows this. Like if she has like a bunch of things she wants to talk, about like important, you know, planning yeah. decisions or sketches. Yeah. She's like, okay, let's do a, let's do an afternoon meeting. Because in the morning, I'll either be like, sure, and then realize like four hours later, like, what did I just? Agree to? <laughs> that, <laughs> but, thank uh, you for making our appointment. By the way, yeah. that's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Oh no, <laughs> like I said, this this has been that was more like in my oh my oh 20s, right. You know yeah. now that. Since the family expansion, like obviously, as you know, absolutely, you, you recalibrate, yeah. yeah, and 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 I find you just le- need less sleep in general. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, yeah. I I agree with you. Um, and I think it's by now pretty well known that musicians like Bob Dylan and Neil Young have said they don't record till the sun goes down. Like they do not re- make mu- they do not right. capture their music until. It's evening. So I think you're on to something. It's something yeah. about maybe it's because musicians often play shows at that hour. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, no, it's yeah. interesting. I mean, de- literally decades of being like, hey, the most on alert you have to be, it would be like midnight. Yeah, weird, <laughs> weirdly, there's... <laughs> That's yeah. normally like back, I'd say, less so now because we're trying to book shows more in soft seater theaters and other types of venues that don't yeah. don't have the show starting at midnight or whatever, but... The, from de- you know decades of just being in the clubs, I remember like, yeah, you could kind of just at least on tour, just kind of be in that a little bit of a daze in terms of you know sleep deprivation days for yeah. most of the daylight hours, and then you start waking up like when the sun sets. It's kind of funny. Well, you know? I have come to feel like certain days, Monday, sun, like to me, Sunday, Monday, Friday, they all have like very particular vibes. Compared Absolutely. to the rest of the week. And I think the same could be said for 10, 11, midnight. Like yeah. you, you start to just feel a bit different, like something's changed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's how I feel. Um, so Absolutely. I agree with you. And um, I feel like you touched upon this a little bit by saying that Le- Leilani jumps around a lot. Can you talk a little yes, bit about she, how I you mean, s- it's funny. You're, <laughs> your, your child said she brought that power buff girl energy yeah, to the tribe. Yeah, and she does. Yeah. I mean, she's a literal, like, ball of energy on stage it's really <laughs> so really, um, great so the upcoming tour dates uh, as we're speaking mm-hmm. uh it's going to be a little stripped down representation of creatures of the late afternoon with you and leilani is that like no. in a sense or is it very elaborate 
Oh, no, no, no. This is not even... It, these are kind of just like parties we're throwing. Okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the show, Creatures of the Late Afternoon, like I said, it's, it's in development and it's going to be one of the, the larger stage productions, you know, with okay. the multi-cameras and the puppetry and the miniature sets and everything. Okay. Leilani wow. will, I mean, so far, um, we'll see how busy she gets, but the plan is that she'll, she'll be part of... Uh, that touring party also when it comes out. So it'll be okay. her and I in the string section together doing these tracks underneath the the action of those scenes. Yeah. Um, but again, this is years away. So we should probably oh, okay. just not <laughs> like <laughs> literally years away. Okay. I didn't realize Yeah, yeah, that. because actually yeah. we're bo- we've bottlenecked a bit because we were supposed to be on tour with Storyville Mosquito for the last three years, but we're just starting that now because it, it all got kind of postponed. Of course. So, right. so now all our um, engagements with Storyville Mosquito um, are starting to activate now. So our, our Mosquito tour is essentially now for the next couple of years. And then I Creatures see. will be after that. But I think, I mean, I actually think that's kind of cool because people can just enjoy it as an album and then... And come board to game. The show actually board game and know an some of the tunes, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Rather yeah. than it just being all new information. But yeah, so so as far as the setup for these shows, it's kind of just like a, a hybrid set between our stuff. So I wanted her to, you know, have yeah. the space to like do some of her material yeah. and me to, you know, go and do some of my DJ, you know, scratchy stuff and then actually, you know, do a couple of the tracks that we've worked on together, including yeah. things are going to change. So, so it's, it's more just like a party. It's a, you know, it's, it's a mini, uh, a mini winter tour to just sort of light it up, you know, while, while our schedules align. So I I'm see. excited to do it. She's, she's really incredible. Like I think, yeah, th- like during the pandemic that she was the only person I, I actually went to the studio and recorded in person with. Right. And her studio was actually her room. <laughs> but it was right. funny. You know, right. I walked into her room because I heard all her stuff. And a lot of it is like very already a very accomplished sounding from a production standpoint. And I was just expecting all this. And she's like, no, no, no. This is how I get my sound. And she like opens her closet and there's just all her clothes like hanging. And that was that was like the, you know, normally you would have like some soundproof yes. or some, some yeah. way to deaden the reflections on. And she's like, no, no, no. I just shout like into my, you know, hoodies or whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm like, oh, right, yeah, whatever works because it sound it was sounding great on your, your I, I do like, in, in her music. I do pick up on some hoodie resonance. That's what I pick up on. <laughs> exactly. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. That warmth, you know, <laughs> I'm like, is there some cotton? But, I feel like there's some cotton. In the songs. That's what I hear. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. These are California. She lives in Pomona. So it's yes. like, these are California hoodies. They're not like Canadian. <laughs> They're probably, I'm going to have to get probably her made of hemp. I actually warned her. I said, hey, you, do you have any like snow boots or anything, you know, for this tour? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's going to snow there, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, yeah. She's not ready at all. But it's, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really great because I actually got to her studio and all along the wall, this was like this museum floor to ceiling like all this artwork in all these different styles i'm talking like an impressionist you know oil paint stuff oh, wow. or like pencil sketches and all it's just like a beautiful and i was just like walking around the room like looking at all these pieces i'm like oh, i really like this one I'm like who's this you know and she's like oh i did that and then i'm like what and then, and then i go over and there'd be this 
you know, photorealistic, you know, Renaissance style painting. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. She's like, oh yeah, I did that too. And I'm like, what? Wow. Like, so she, you might, super, you might be kindred dumb. spirits in your, uh, well, I, you know, oh, she can paint circles around me, but I was just like, I was like, wow, this, she's, uh, definitely like a polymath of sorts. No, it's, and, and, it's, uh, and, and so, yeah. uh, and musically, like, same, same thing, you know, when I heard the Pez Head stuff, I was like, oh, this is rad. Like, who do, Who'd you get on drums? And she's like, oh, no, no, I just I just punched those out like on a drum pad. I'm like, but how'd you get it to sound like actual drums with the reverb? She's like, oh, I just used it. You know, it, it, she's just a natural. Oh, nice. It's incredible. Uh, and, I know you, you will, you'll be too modest, but I think, yeah, I appreciate your ability to, to spot talent and skill in people. And, and, and there's probably a reason you've started working together. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm very excited to see. And for other people to see um, these shows, you're 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 going to be putting on. I mean, yeah. I know that the full length vinyl, or my understanding anyway, is the full length version of the album will be out April fourteenth, uh, twenty twenty three. And you mentioned the EPs are starting to circulate. Um, can you? Yeah. So the EPs came out. Uh, one came. The first one came out in December. The second one came out this month. Yeah. Third one next month, fourth one in March, and then the full album in April. Yeah. Speaking of which, we just got them. We just got them in. Oh, amazing. So Oh. Yeah, so I can I can even send you like oh, a come preview. On. Really? Oh, that, that. Uh, game board and, and double vinyl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Eric, yeah. this is so, very, very generous. Thank you so much. I, I, absolutely. Yeah, that's very lovely. Well, I appreciate that. And yes, my I look forward to playing. We do have a board game night. We have a movie night. And we have a board game mm-hmm. night. So we're going to throw this into the mix and I'll play the record as we're playing. I can't wait to do this with my family. It's very exciting. So thank Great. you for this. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can learn more about all of these things that we've been talking about and you and, right. and I mean, it sounds to me like you've already told us all your future plans. There's a lot coming up, but just to keep tabs on you, where would you like people to, to go? I get, yeah, you can just. If you go to kidkoala.com, like everything is there. You could get all the latest news and the and pre-order that the album and board game or anything at the store there also. Um, but yeah, all the all any confirmed shows I'll list there. Uh, upcoming shows um, will be there. Yeah, and a description of the different kinds of shows. Like we actually have. Four or five. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. <laughs> shows that are that are simultaneously touring. So even this this first half of the year, I think we're doing satellite turntable orchestra. Uh, we're doing a couple Storyville mosquito shows, and, and yeah, these these uh, hybrid party sets with Leilani. So I know it's a lot of. It, I mean, it seems like a lot of information, but it's very clearly like delineated yeah. what's happening where <laughs> on that site. So if you go there, and then all the. Social media stuff has links there also. So. Okay, excellent. Well, yeah. thank you for that, and I hope people visit it because, like I say, uh, you're someone who's inspired and influenced. Well, you've inspired me and and I, uh, many many people like me, and you've definitely influenced so many people with your work. So, I just want to say uh, it's I'm very happy for you, uh, and congratulations on all all of this work. It's it's wonderful. Um, thank now, you. Thank you so much. Given that we are still in January. I want to go out on a song uh, from, I, I guess, probably one of the EPs, uh, uh, but also uh, uh, something that people will eventually hear on the album. I wonder if you can choose one for us and maybe tell us why it came to mind. Oh, why? Like, go out on a song. Yeah. Oh, so we don't want to do Leilani's track? We might as well. We've been talking about her and she wasn't here. 
<laughs> well, we can. Or, or you think that's a little too up-tempo for winter? <laughs> no, I think that's great. I was just trying to be mindful of the fact that some of this stuff is yet to be released and all that sort of stuff, you know? But if you... Oh, right. Now, yeah, that's all. But, but you're beast. You can, you can scoop one track. I'm not going <laughs> to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I said it earlier. I'm vaguely special. No, I, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no. I, I would love to go out on that. It gives people a... A sample of maybe what your collaborative work might be like on stage. Uh, yeah. So if sets. you, if yeah, you, yeah th- this is just one of the really like high energy <laughs> jump up tracks on the record. And like I said, it's, it's going to be part of. It's like an underscore for a scene in the show. That's this uplifting kind of call to action moment in the show. Yeah. With the creatures, so so if you imagine that, I don't know what would be the equivalent be. You know that montage in the movie when they like find the the old dusty cabin and then everyone like bands together to like redo the wallpaper and like clean up all the yeah garbage sure in the- <laughs> yeah you know what I mean and and like and then resand the floors and they're like just imagine like all these creatures are kind of doing this while Leilani's shouting over this track it's, I could it's a fun one but I could also see this track starting to fade in at the end of a film and leading us to the credits. Like it's almost conclusive. Oh yeah. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it leaves the movie on an upbeat way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, music supervision. I love that, that, that the same, that where the catalyst or the, the, the original inspiration for a song, you know, people can find like ways for it to fit into their art or into their lives. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Well, okay. This I'm very excited about this. So, so this is uh, "Things Are Going to Change" by Kid Koala, featuring Leilani. This is from the uh, wonderful new album, and well, you heard everything that it is. "Creatures of the Late Afternoon," uh, which again, the full length out in April. You're getting a special treat right now with this song, uh, Eric. Uh, it's very lovely to have you back on this show, and it's always lovely to speak with you. So, I, I want to thank you for this time and congratulate you again and I hope we speak again. Wish I wish you the best of luck in the future. Right. Yeah. Can't wait to get get to what well, you're coming to the show in Guelph. Well, I live in Edmonton now, so I. Oh, won't. you live in Edmonton? Oh, yeah. You're coming to the Edmonton show then. <laughs> I'll be there. Be yeah. <laughs> All right. Wicked. Wicked. We'll see you at Starlight. <laughs>
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Now, I was thinking about this. There is a possibility that uh, I have interviewed Eric, Kid Koala, uh, in almost every you know capacity I've had as a music journalist or broadcaster. He really, I mean, I think we've been talking for such a long time. We have this long history. So he's been on this show only, I think, a couple of times. Uh, but uh, it's always fun. Thank you, Eric, so much for being back on Creative Control. And in this case... Uh, Kid Koala is on the 750th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network, and it's available just about wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, sometimes the bots on social media are like, Are you on Spotify? That's how the bots sound. They have a strange voice. And I say, no. I think they're just trolling me, right? Because they know it's not on Spotify. I don't need to get into it, but we're not on Spotify. But we're everywhere else. And by we, I mean me. It's just me. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for and... Uh, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. And like Creative Control on Facebook still. You can also follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative. Or you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. You can also visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation. To sustain this podcast, $6 American or more a month grants you access to exclusive content including uh, receiving the episodes earlier than everybody else and potentially getting some bonus content if I'm able to spend extra time with my guests uh, and also I dig into my archives to find uh, older things that I think you might find interesting that uh, you know things that I captured uh, before I started this show so there's lots of little bonuses but uh, ultimately what you're doing is you're supporting the venture of the primary show which uh you guys out there on Patreon, that's the primary source of revenue. There's there's some advertising, as you hear occasionally, but there's not much, and I don't like it. But I, I like the Patreon. It feels real, and it's very modest. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm doing my best, and uh, thank you for supporting the show at uh, patreon.com slash creativecontrol. Thanks also, again, to the amazing Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and order things uh, there on their website, blackbird.ca. Also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. As always, thanks to my dear friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music that he has written and recorded. You can learn more at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Kid Koala. I hope you'll check out this uh, amazing new project, Creatures 
of the late afternoon and, and all of its forms. And uh, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and follow it and tell your friends about it too and spread the word. That really helps. And otherwise, I hope uh, you're well and that we speak soon in, in this capacity with me talking at you and you listening and maybe sending me messages. That means a lot. I will talk to you very soon. Thanks again. Bye for now. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.